Indeed, I am grateful to you for joining us uh, in worship this morning. Uh, whether you are a member here at Macedonia or you are a friend of a friend um, connecting with us some way this morning, I do pray that these words this morning will bring you a sense of hope, um, a sense of peace in, in, in the light of all that we are going through in our world um, at this time. We're going to continue in our Lent series this week uh, that is called, How Does Jesus See It? And this morning's passage is interestingly um, from John chapter 9. It's the story of the healing of the blind man. And I think it's especially appropriate uh, for all that we are going through right now. And so I invite you to, to hear these words. I, I'm, I'm going to read the scripture in sections throughout the sermon this morning, as I think it's a fitting way uh, for it all to tie together. So hear these words from God. As Jesus walked along, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Jesus' disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned so this man was born blind, this man or his parents? Jesus answered, neither he nor his parents. This happened so that God's mighty works might be displayed in him. Well, it's daytime, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. We love to blame others, don't we? The disciples begin the story today with a classic question of faith. Whose fault is it? They want to know, was it the man who sits at the gate blind and looked over every day? Was it his fault that he was blind? Or was it his parents as a punishment upon them? The disciples sound like the friends of Job, who in his pain and anguish come to him and try to figure out whose fault his plight is. Jesus quickly dispels their question by saying that it's not anyone's fault. In other words, stop looking to blame someone for everything. I think this is why the Bible often cautions us against judging others and reminds us so often that God is the judge. But we have a hard time heeding this advice, don't we? We think that we have the answers and that others do not. We think that the way we are living is correct and that our neighbors or our colleagues are just a bit deft. And we especially want to look for someone to blame. And Jesus simply states that in this moment, he can bring light into this man's life. That it is now daytime because Jesus is on the scene, and when he dies, it will be night. This is the setup for the miracle that is about to take place, and for this entire scene. How does Jesus see it? Stop looking to blame someone all the time. Can you imagine if this simple advice were heeded today? What a breath of fresh air that would be in our families, in our church, in our political scene, in our world. We continue in the story. After he said this, Jesus spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and smeared the mud on the man's eyes. Jesus said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went away and washed. When he returned, he could see. In other healing stories, Jesus performs a miracle 
directly, telling the demon to come out or touching someone and healing them. Sometimes he even does it from afar and tells someone that their loved one is healed. But in this story, the creator of the universe who made people out of dirt spits into the dirt. Now this would have been nasty in the first century just like it is now. He then rubs the mud onto the man's eyes and tells him to go and wash in the purification pool right near the temple. The man who was born blind did as he was told. He didn't push against Jesus. He didn't ask how it all worked. He didn't have any of the reactions that I might have to Jesus. I would doubt. I would question. But this man was seemingly so desperate, so aware of his need that he was able to receive this unique healing. Whenever I sing Amazing Grace to my children, I am struck by the words of the opening line. Right? We sing, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. And we say, oh, that's so nice. That saved a wretch like me. And the kids sing along with me just fine, but one day they will ask, what's a wretch? And there's the reality. The way in which we receive the sight of Jesus is to recognize our blindness. The way that we receive the sight of Jesus is to recognize our blindness. We can't go around this reality. We can't avoid it. The man knew he was blind. He knew he needed help and had nowhere else to turn. So he received spit mud on his eyes and went to wash where this strange prophet told him to because it was his only hope. I'm not sure that we are always convinced that we are wretches. We especially like to compare other people's wretchedness to our own. And then we become convinced in our heads that we are not really wretches. We are just semi-wretches. But it seems like to receive the healing of Jesus, we need to know that we cannot heal ourselves. John, the writer of this gospel, wants us all to see ourselves as the blind man, all able to receive the healing, but also able to deny it if we choose to walk away and not wash in the pool. The story continues after the blind man can see. The man's neighbors and those who used to see him when he was a beggar said, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is. And others said, No, it's someone who looks like him. But the man said, Yes, it's me. So they asked him, how are you now able to see? He answered, the man they called Jesus made mud, smeared it on my eyes, and said, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. They asked, where is this man? He replied, I don't know. Then they led the man who had been born blind to the Pharisees. Now Jesus made the mud and smeared it on the man's eyes on a Sabbath day. So Pharisees also asked him how he was able to see. The man told them, he put mud on my eyes, I washed, and now I see. 
Some Pharisees said, this man isn't from God because he breaks the Sabbath law. Others said, how can a sinner do miraculous signs like these? So they were divided. Some of the Pharisees questioned the man who had been born blind again. What do you have to say about him since he healed your eyes? He replied, he's a prophet. The Jewish leaders didn't believe the man had been blind and received his sight until they called for his parents. The Jewish leaders asked them, Is this your son? Are you saying he was born blind? How can he now see? His parents answered, We know he is our son. We know he was born blind. But we don't know how he now sees, and we don't know who healed his eyes. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they feared the Jewish authorities. This is because the Jewish authorities had already decided that whoever confessed Jesus to be the Christ would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why his parents said, he's old enough, ask him. Therefore they called a second time for the man who had been born blind and said to him, give glory to God, we know this man is a sinner. The man answered, I don't know whether he's a sinner. Here's what I do know, I was blind and now I see. They questioned him, what did he do to you? How did he heal your eyes? He replied, I already told you and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? They insulted him. You are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses, but we don't know where this man is from. The man answered, this is incredible. You don't know where he is from, yet he healed my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners. God listens to anyone who is devout and does God's will. No one has ever heard of a healing of the eyes of someone born blind. If this man wasn't from God, he couldn't do this. They responded, you were born completely in sin. How is it that you dare to teach us? Then they expelled him. Now we move into what is the bulk of this story, the conflict that ensues over the healing of the blind man. First, The man's neighbors are amazed. They are so amazed they don't believe it. And I do wonder, do his neighbors, A, not notice what the man looked like when they saw him every single day? Or B, do they deny the miraculous that much that they could not fathom him being healed? So the man's neighbors interrogate him and he tells them the story. Jesus made mud, put it on my eyes, told me to wash, and I washed and now I see. They clearly think that the higher-ups then need to weigh in about this story. So they take him to the Pharisees, to the Jewish leaders. And we find out that this happened on the Sabbath. So immediately, the Pharisees begin looking for someone to blame. And they say that Jesus is a sinner. Because apparently spitting into the dirt and putting it on someone's eyes was forbidden on the Sabbath. After the Pharisees interrogate the man... And he tells them what happened. They ask what he says about him. The man says that he's a prophet. That is John, the author, letting us know that the healed man is ever closer to getting it. But the Pharisees aren't satisfied. Their blame index has not yet been satiated. So they try and call upon the man's parents. But the parents are also part of the blame culture. They are afraid of ruining their good standing position. So they turn it over back on their son. He's old enough. Ask him how he was healed. 
So back to the healed man they go. His fourth interrogation in this story. Second, by the same group of people. And what they want is for him to call Jesus a sinner. And the man states the simple. Here's what I do know. I was blind, but now I see. The man refuses to blame anyone. He then asks if the Pharisees are so curious, if they want to become his disciples too. And the Pharisees respond that they don't know where Jesus is from. The man responds boldly, if anyone can heal me like this, then they are from God, not a sinner. Because his answer was not what they wanted, the Pharisees expelled the man. They wanted the blame for the world's problems to come upon Jesus. They could not see that good had just been done. They were blind to it. A miracle happened, and they want to blame. This man before them can see, and they are angry. The story continues. Jesus heard that they had expelled the man born blind. Finding him, Jesus said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. Jesus said, You have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. The man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped Jesus. What's remarkable in this story is that Jesus goes and finds the man who he healed. Usually the healing happens and the person goes out and becomes a messenger, becomes an evangelist, or they come back and they find Jesus. But this time, Jesus follows up with the man. He wants to bring him to full sight. For the man has been physically healed. He can see. And Jesus wants to give him spiritual eyes as well. What's remarkable about this man's faith in the entire story is how he does not need to answer every answer to every question. The Pharisees were smart, learned men, and they could not believe. This man probably had not had any education and had been excluded from most of society. And yet he confesses, Lord, I believe and worships Jesus right there on the spot. We can be like the blind man. All we need to do is recognize our own blindness and that Jesus can come to make us see. He brings us out of our darkness and into his marvelous light. He takes away our guilt and shame and calls us his beloved children. He moves us from death into life. He changes our account status from indebted to paid in full. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. On one certain level, the story is about nothing more than this. It is about how Jesus comes to us who are blind and brings us sight. He allows us to experience light and life and joy when what we knew was darkness and death and dreariness. In many ways, this story is a culmination of those encounters Jesus had with individuals in John. From the new birth with Nicodemus to the living water with the woman at the well, this one is the most 
dramatic, we can see the change that Jesus can bring into a life. He can make us see. All we have to do is recognize our blindness. And the story continues. Jesus said, I have come into the world to exercise judgment so that those who don't see can see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard what he said and asked, Surely we aren't blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you wouldn't have any sin. But now that you say, We see, your sin remains. Friends, recognizing blindness is something that the Pharisees most obviously cannot do. They have been accustomed to being the ones who tell other people how to see. They want to say, see, this is how Moses sees it, and we uphold the law of Moses. So see the world like us. And Jesus is confronting them and their power. This is a crisis of vision at work. Jesus is saying, you don't actually see. You can't see. You don't even see the kingdom of God made present with you today. A man was blind who now has sight. And this demand to blame comes full circle. The Pharisees' blaming means that they cannot see the world as Jesus sees it. They are stuck in their blindness. They refuse to have any share in the blame. Thus Jesus tells them that they are actually the blind ones. In their song, Share in the Blame, the band Cademan's Call sings these words, Don't blame the bullet for the wars you have sown. Don't blame the winter when you've forgotten your coat. When you make the same deals for a hundred years and you want to make a change, you got to hold up the mirror and share in the blame. Don't blame your brother for the color of his skin. Don't blame your neighbor for the house he lives in. From the same cloth we are made of, we are just the same. You got to hold up the mirror and share in the blame. Friends, part, part and parcel of the good news today is that we must take responsibility and share in the blame, not seeking always to blame someone else. On one simple level, this passage is about moving from blindness to sight. But on another level, we have to recognize how to do this work if we are stuck in blame mode, like the Pharisees. If we are the blind, we have to get out of trying to blame someone else. And we have to recognize that we, in fact, cannot see. This is what we do together as followers of Jesus. We tell one another the stories of Scripture and of our very lives where Jesus helps us to see. Where he moves us out of our darkness and into his marvelous light. In these days, where darkness pervades, where we all feel a little bit blind or at least confused, 
I invite you to trust Jesus and in his ability to help you see. Rather than trying to rely on your own vision or your own strength, begin each day by asking Jesus to help you see the world as he does. Rather than all-consuming news or looking to blame others, open yourself up to receiving sight today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.